How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Apples and Genos Fantasy Hockey Podcast. My name's Josh Hutchinson. I've got John Binkle with me here today. How you doing, Binksy? I'm good, brother. I got uh, got the podcasting studio set up of sorts. Still got to bust out some more memorabilia, but um, got a new bed, got the room organized, furniture's put together, so things are starting to take shape in here. Yeah, it's looking really nice. I, 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 I like the backdrop. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of of memorabilia displays so so definitely a big fan of what you got going on there you were giving me some explanations on on uh on some of the artifacts that you have there uh off mic and it, it's it's really cool it's shaping up really nicely thanks man i'm excited about it uh so th- thank you guys again for leaving us a review on spotify and apple podcasts if you haven't and you're enjoying our content please just take a second and leave us a review we would greatly appreciate it also check out the apples and genos discord server it's a great place to talk fantasy hockey get your questions answered and also receive alerts for when new apples and genos content drops so if you didn't already know this is midweek moves uh it's wednesday january 18th and we're talking about schedule maximization for the rest of the week and who you should be adding and dropping um so for the rest of the week there are five sorry six teams with three games and one off night and those teams are arizona chicago la philly vegas and winnipeg um and then in terms of bad schedules, uh, the New York Rangers uh, only have one game left on Thursday, which is a heavy night, and it's against Boston, uh, who's basically the best defensive team in the league. So not not an ideal situation for for streamers. So if you have guys that are kind of on the bubble at the at the low end of your lineup, you're probably going to want to stream them out. You can either wait until Thursday's past or drop them now and, and try and pick someone up with three games. Um and then Pittsburgh also has two games, uh, but they have two off nights, so that is advantageous as well. There's not a lot of not a lot of teams with two off nights uh, remaining this week. Um, next week, LA and Vegas, out of those teams that previously mentioned with good schedules for the rest of this week, they have the best schedules for next week. So they're okay rollover teams. They both have three games with one off night. Um, and then there's a few teams with really nice schedules next week. The best one is the Leafs, actually. Um, it's the first time we really mentioned them on as like having a having a really advantageous schedule. They have that nice Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, four games, four off nights schedule next week. Um, and then Columbus and the Islanders both have four games with three off nights. Uh, and then Carolina, Dallas, and the New York Rangers all have three games on three off nights. So there are lots of players available with lots of off nights next week so um so that's really nice for streaming um in terms of well i first of all do you have anything to add to uh, in terms of schedule here Binksy? i was just chuckling to myself about the title of the episode do you uh you kind of lost me in that um in the next game stretch i was, <laughs> I was laughing about that. i didn't see it until just now um well what what sticks out to me in that schedule is that um streamer level players for the Kings are going to be really nice for you, like going forward. Um, it's not in my ad option this week, but uh, considering the injuries that they've had up and down the roster, uh, there's likely to be some some players that are more available than they necessarily should be, um, and you're probably going to be uh, able to get those wingers. So definitely going to be looking at Kings throughout the the next like two weeks late. Yep, for sure. That's a, that's a good call. Uh, so speaking of our title. Uh, it's, it's related to my ad for this week. So, uh, the title of the podcast is Scotty Lottie too hottie because Scott Lawton 
has 20 points in his last 18 games. He's playing with Kevin Hayes, five on five. Um, that's partly because Kevin Hayes uh, is not in Tortorella books for whatever reason. Uh, so that's, uh, yeah, anyways, he's uh, Lawton is benefiting from having, having Kevin Hayes on his line. Um, and he's also playing power play one. He's averaging three shots per game over the last four games. So his, his shot rates are increasing. Um, and this season, he's actually uh, averaging two minutes above his career best in time on ice uh, at 1829. Uh, so that's really nice for him. He's also he also hits. Obviously, he's pretty good on a face off. So in a bangers cats league with with those categories, um, you're, you're pretty happy with Scott Lawton right now. So don't know how long this will last. Um, Philly is not great offensively, but Lawton is really one of the only guys uh, between him and Konechny and I guess Kevin Hayes. Um, they're really the only guys that are consistently contributing over the last little while. So I would be going for Scott Lawton. I looked at all of these teams and all of the streamers that were available, um, or that seemed like they could be available. And he was the hottest out of, out of everybody. So, um, only in the thirties in terms of, uh, percentage, uh, roster ship. So, um, yeah, go get Scott Lawton. So I got to say shout out to Googs. Um, I had to look back through the archives to see exactly what episode this was because that yeah. immediately stood out to me. In the episode 87 mailbag, so a good chunk ago, um, yeah. kind of before that 18-game stretch, Googs says, what do you guys think of Scott Lawton? Googs were yeah. up on game, Googs, my friend. Googs was early. He got, they, they got in early on this, so. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I hope you I hope you kept holding um, in your format that you were talking about. Certainly more viable than just the point streak. So mm-hmm. um, I imagine you've been holding on to it and, and feeling like an absolute genius. Uh, my ad for this week is a little bit less stre- centered on streams and a little bit more centered on outlook of the team and, and how I feel about the player. Um, if you listen to the pod, you know that I'm I'm generally interested in Pilat, and I saw really good things happening for him as a Devil this year before the Devils became the Devils that they are at this point, right? Uh, so a left winger for the Devils, 23% rostered coming off that injury recently. Line one with Heischer and Brat, power play two with no one especially worth noting. It is very possible to me that he takes over for Tartar Tatar on the uh First power play, and the Devils have a solid five games between now and next Friday. His minutes have jumped up each game since returning from injury, and he's now riding a two-game assist streak. He's offering nearly two shots per game, two blocks per game, and three hits per game. So you're getting consistent stats across the board. And most importantly, I think the Devils are off the schneid and have won the last five of six since his coming back, with the loss being in the first game that he came back and played very limited numbers in limited fashion. Like I still believe I'm I'm big high on him right now, and I think it's it's just about to break out. Yeah, Jersey's been heating up again, and yeah, Pilat I think is is uh, definitely a factor in that. Um, I think. Pilat is not a guy that's going to blow you away at any point, um, but he is, like you said, um, when he's when he's playing well, when he's playing the way that he typically does, um, he's getting you consistent at least something in every category. So um, not not a guy that's I mean, he's a solid streamer player for sure. Um, so when New Jersey has a good schedule. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely support uh, an Andre Pilat ad. 
Um, and in terms of drops, I, I mean, a lot of you have probably dropped this guy already. Um, I think we've maybe mentioned him in the past. I think Bing C brought him up a few weeks ago, but mm -hmm. uh, Tanner Janot, and this is basic. This is mostly because Nashville uh, only plays twice next week, um, so their schedule is not super great. Um, but uh, Tanner Janot, uh, after that rookie breakout where he had twenty something goals, uh, only ten points this year so far. He's on pace for less than twenty points. Uh, his shot totals are not good. His ice time is actually decreasing. Uh, the last little bit, he's been playing around 11 minutes a night, which is not great. Um, he's still hitting, obviously. He's still one of the league leaders in hits, so um, that's great. But unless you're... I mean, he he's kind of in a situation now with his ice time and his, his production offensively where, I mean, he's not much more valuable than uh, Ryan Reeves. Or I guess I yeah I guess like a Ryan Reeves, um, I, I mean obviously a little bit more upside there and and you hope that uh, he's he, he'll he'll chip in a, a few more goals. Obviously there's a little bit more skill, but it's just not turning into anything um, tangible this year. So uh, he's a guy that I definitely would be dropping, especially with that poor schedule. Thirty two percent rostered, so people are still still rostering him out there, but. Uh, um, it's definitely dwindling at this point. So if, if you still have him on your roster, I'd probably be streaming him out right now. So Tanner was my drop in episode 81, and somehow he's only fallen 6% in yeah. the period since then. The Preds have been playing better as of late, not entirely, but you know, generally a, a bit better than in the last kind of 30 games. But there's very little that I'm interested in there. As a further pat on the back from that episode, my last sell high of the year, in late November was Matt Boldy, uh, citing his inconsistency. This is a bit of an aside. Since then, only nine goals and 14 assists with pointless streaks of four. And I think we'll touch on that further a little bit in the mailbag. Mm -hmm. uh, for my drop, I'm going to go out on a limb here and vouch for a controversial option. It's in the same direction of your dropption. And maybe you should try and trade him first if you're rostering him. Wouldn't be the first time I suggested selling on him. And maybe you think I'm crazy, but my drop suggestion is Matt Duchesne. Yep. Right wing only 71% rostered. He's fallen 2% in the last week. And while he's a consistent point getter via assist, that's all about all that he's going to offer you. He doesn't often shoot more than twice per game, even though he's getting 18 minutes average time on ice in the season. And that tends to spike a little bit. You'll see him go 14 and a half, 15 minutes, and then a game later go 19, right? So it's even a little bit more streaky than, than the 18-minute sounds. The hits and blocks are virtually non-existent. He's scarcely viable for other categories if you're in a category league like face-off wins or, or penalty minutes. Uh, even as an automatic power play one player for Nashville, he's only got eight power play points on the year. Like we all expected regression, but he's not even close to last year's run. And the Predators offense is on pace to score 37 fewer goals than they scored last year. And a lot of it is falling at the feet of Matt. Like you mentioned, they've only got four games over the next two weeks. And it's a mostly a tough run with their next game, St. Louis, then LA, Winnipeg, and the Devils. Here's the real kicker, and this is what led me to go in in furtherance of this, right, rather than just a consideration and maybe a, a side option. After the break, 
they only play two weeks in the game, two games in the week following that. Right. So there's yeah. going to be a solid month of fantasy hockey in fantasy hockey crunch time when you should be streaming players in that in that place to get you these assists, to get you these points per game instead of Matt Duchesne. Like it's going to hurt and you probably could deal him for what f- would feel like a loss to you. But man, like, like I roster him in places and I'm just going to drop him. Like this schedule is absolutely terrible and he just doesn't do enough across your score sheet other than just give you assists. And they're evenly distributed between first and second assists. I don't think the assists are going anywhere, but he's not giving you anything else. Yeah. He's been a really frustrating player. I, I drafted him this year basically because I mean, we're in a a lot of competitive leagues. Um, he, He was a target for me because I knew that I would be able to get him late because everyone, every podcast was talking about how Matt Duchesne is going to fall, plummet back to earth. And I was like, he's obviously going to negative regress, but I'm like, I still think that he's being disrespected more than, uh, more than he deserves to be. But he's, I mean, he's been extremely frustrating when he's not chipping in points. He brings you absolutely nothing. Um, And every once in a while, like I, I consider dropping him constantly. I have him, in two leagues one of them is like a cup full so that's that's a difficult one because it's a deep league and the the quality of guys that you could pick up uh is not uh not super great uh I, I don't know that you could replace him with someone that would bring you more um so trade would 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 definitely be uh, a, a better option in in the team in a league like that it's a 14 team league with with deep rosters um yeah, I mean, and then and then the other league I have him in, he has a Nashville has a really good playoff schedule. So I'm like, do I hang on to him until then? I don't know. It's it, it's 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 very frustrating because every once in a while he'll have like a three point game, uh, just kind of out of nowhere, and you're like, oh okay, maybe he's turning it around, and then he just goes back to like uh, one shot, one block, right, uh, and and uh, bringing you absolutely nothing. So it's it's been it's been a tough one for Duchesne, but he is still getting the deployment and the ice time mm-hmm. so it's it's tough but uh i definitely i wouldn't blame you if you if you decided on dropping him for sure because that's been something i've been mulling over for a it's, while it's certainly schedule based for me were yeah. it not the stretch that it is i wouldn't really advocate for for matt duchenne but uh i am here as a fantasy hockey head to tell you that if you are mulling it over the schedule is so bad for him in what is fantasy crunch time just go ahead and do it yeah just go ahead and do it i think that's fair uh all right let's dive into some hot topics here so why don't you take us away bingsy so as usual this time of year there's a ton to talk about injury wise but um we're gonna go through a slew of them mainly because there are a lot of fantasy implications based on that uh the first one being kill mccarr is day-to-day did not travel with the team on their west coast swing through calgary vancouver and seattle worth noting uh tapes Practice on power play one today. Ooh. Manson may return soon, and Byram is not expected back before the All Star game. Yeah, that's a that's a defense that is uh, on life support right now. <laughs> Indeed, <laughs> not good. Indeed. I'm definitely um, choosing against them in uh, daily fantasy work. Uh, let's see. Patches made it just a few games before going back on the day to day list with an unrelated lower body injury. He did attend today's practice. So hopefully things are going to be back on the up and up for him. 
Moving across the league, this makes me feel so good to finally say because I drafted him in virtually every league. Josh Norris returned tonight after a 38-game absence with a serious shoulder injury. And while he will not be taking face-offs for the foreseeable future in watching the game and doing prep for the show thus far, he will be delivering hits and taking boarding penalties. He absolutely smashed Malkin into the board with his shoulder. So, uh, <laughs> And he's ripped a few shots from the slot as well. Um, there's some power play things afoot there, and we'll get into that in the mailbag. As far as the Dallas Stars go, Rope Hints has resumed skating away from the team. The injury is an upper body injury, likely from an awkward hit by Gudis. So take the skate with a grain of salt. Pete DeBoer hopes he will join the team on its own current West Coast swing through Monday's Vegas, tonight versus the Sharks, and tomorrow versus L.A. before coming back to Dallas against Arizona. I'm Gudis, willing... Gudis is a shit, eh? He's, <laughs> he's a... a... Man, he's, he's a frustrating player. <laughs> like he's a frustrating player to have on your team and to play against it's 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 a very weird combo like he, he played against the Leafs last night uh through a questionable hit on Pierre Engvall Zach Aston Reese tried to fight him and he turtled which I is crazy that. I yeah. like I I would have thought Gudis could probably dummy Zach Aston Reese protect but... that pretty face yeah that beautiful face as, as Nate likes to talk about and then it comes out of the box and uh or I guess he wasn't in the box. I, I can't remember what happened, but like the next play he comes out and drives Aston Reese right into the goalpost. Like just, just like trucks him charging penalty. And it, and it, uh, it basically Matthew scored with three seconds left in the period. And that started the comeback for the Leafs. Like it was, it's <laughs> what a, what a weird player. Great for bangers, cats leagues and fantasy, but like, man, I, I, Ah, I don't know that I'd want him on my team. I'm not sure. Man. I also don't want to play against him because he's he's they a danger to people. The Panthers are so bad in the third period. It's kind of unreal. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm not – I can't be upset about the hit on hints because it wasn't especially egregious or rough. It was just awkward. Like, Rope turned um, his kind of his shoulder blade to him, and I think he may be a rib injury is, is my guess or some type, some type of strain in the ribs. Um, I am willing to bet that Hints will sit until Monday uh, next week against Buffalo. Won't play in this in this West Coast swing, just kind of based on the the opposition that they're going against right now. Yeah. Uh, and then against Arizona at home, like my guess is they just they're playing well enough. They don't need to rush him back. I don't see any reason yep. for him to to need to come back before like a solid rest period and then come back at home against Buffalo and try it out. At least I'm hopeful mm -hmm. I'll be I'll be in the building for that game. So oh nice. Um, speaking of the Panthers, Anthony Duclair skated Saturday in a non-contact jersey. He is rumored to get a few full contact practices in and return after the break. In the five games since being bumped up to the first line, Anton Lindell has three points and a two-game goal streak in the last mm -hmm. two games, shooting almost four times per game at 10.5%. Considering Duclair coming back soon and the line change, where are you at with him on this point? We talked recently about him being just basically a drop, and our, and our preseason perception is vastly different than the way they look right now. Where are you at with the Panthers and Lindell now? Uh, I mean, I, I'm always interested in Lindell. 
Um, and especially now that he's heating up and he's generating offense him, himself, um, obviously playing with good players definitely helps. Uh, I don't know that Duclair coming back really hurts um, his position in the lineup so much. Like, uh, obviously, he may not be playing with Barkov, but um, I feel like that just gives them more offensive depth. Um, so no matter who he plays with, he, he's probably he's probably playing with someone uh, of, of high quality. So um, I'm yeah, I'm not too concerned about Lundell. It seems like he's he's maybe turning it around himself. So uh, yeah. Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> I think I think you're probably right in that regard. I think Duclair coming back is you know just rising tide lifts all boats, right? Has to be right. They couldn't really yeah. be any worse. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, in New York, Chris Kreider practiced in full today um, and is expected to play tomorrow. When asked about it directly, he just nodded seriously. So uh, worth noting that in today's session, Keandre Miller worked on power play too. So watch power your waiver play wire. Out of B. Watch your waiver wire as they only have one game, as you mentioned, left this week, but three on three off nights next week. So pretty viable streaming option, especially if that power play comes to fruition. It's a situation to monitor. If Miller can break on, there are sunny days ahead for the former forward, who I have to say in the Sunday pod has caught the eye of Nate himself, mm-hmm. who referred to the eye test. So I think we broke Nate. Yeah, he's broken officially. <laughs> um, so before we get into the zero G check-in, just want to address Shane Thompson mentioned uh, that he streamed in Marcus Pedersen today. Uh, Marcus Pedersen has two assists, one shot on goal, three hits, two blocks. So very nice in a points or a bangers cats league. Uh, way to go, Shane. <laughs> All right. So uh, in terms of some zero G options or, or just some goalie conversations here, um, Sam Montembeau uh, has been the starter for Montreal for the time being. Uh, Jake, Hall- Jake Allen has been out. Um, so, uh, Montembeau is still only 12% rostered, but he's three and two since Jake Allen went down with a save percentage above 925 in each of those games. Um, Montreal has kind of been heating up a little bit again. So, um, he's definitely, uh, definitely a guy that's available. So if you need some starts, um, from a goalie right now, um, probably a guy you want to look at on the season. He's been great. Uh, he's been a guy that I've mentioned in, in, that I mentioned in some of my articles. So, um, just not a guy that uh, people have been talking about too much. Uh, Jack Campbell, don't look now. He started four straight games for the Oilers uh, and has uh, above a 900 save percentage in all four of those games uh, and has won all four of those games. So he actually started on Tuesday, even though Stuart Skinner was available. So Skinner backed him up but Campbell got the start. So you wonder if, uh, if the tide is turning a little bit there, I, I imagine that they want to ride the Jack Campbell train just because of the amount of money that they're spending on him. Uh, like they want him to, to get rolling. So, uh, I wonder if he starts getting a, a few more starts here and there. Um, 
So I I am definitely interested in Jack Campbell because he's he's almost at that threshold. Like he's still still in the 50s in terms of percent roster ship at this point. So he'll be available in quite a few leagues and he's heating up, it seems. Uh, Phoenix Copley, obviously still doing his thing. Uh, he's now 53% rostered, so a little less available than he was before. Uh, he's 12 and two on the year now. So just just keeping on getting those wins. Uh, Pavel Francouz is 37% rostered. He has now started three straight for the Avalanche, which is very interesting to me. Um, he has a 917 save percentage on the year. Um, Georgiev has kind of been the volume starter there. Um, I'm not really sure. I thought it would be more of an even split, but Georgiev actually lately has been really struggling. He's lost seven of his last eight starts. Um, I, I mean, that may be more about Colorado just struggling in general, but Georgiev has looked a little rough at times. Um, and now France, who's has three straight starts. And at the moment, I don't think there's any injury to Georgiev. So I, I believe that's just a shift in trust right now. So um, if Francis is out there, um, it seems like they're giving him a run here. So I would be, I'd be interested in giving him a shot. Georgiev uh, eight, seven, seven in those last eight games. Yeah. Not good. Not good at all. Man. Yeah. That's a, that's not a great situation there for Colorado. Uh, Gustafson. Uh, Philip Gustafson has been really great for a spot start. He is splitting the net basically evenly with Marc-Andre Fleury right now and has a 925 on the season. He's 49% rostered. So a guy that you can stream in pretty uh, pretty nicely or even have as a third goalie. Um, Minnesota is a pretty good team and they've been having like pretty much a 50-50 split lately. So um, very similar to to the way that the, that Boston starts uh, Swayman and Allmark. Um, there, that's kind of the situation with Gustafson and Flurry right now. So, uh, Gustafson much more available than Flurry. So keep an eye on him. Casey DeSmith is 25% rostered, has been super inconsistent uh, with Pittsburgh, but obviously getting a string of starts with Jari out, they don't really have a ton of other options. So, um, a, a guy that's still interesting, but obviously Pittsburgh isn't playing super well right now. So. Uh, take that with a grain of salt for sure. And then Sam Urson in Philly got another win. Uh, he should get another start this weekend, but he's been awesome when he's played for Philly and they've, they've been playing a little bit better lately. Uh, other than that six, nothing loss to the Bruins the other day. That was, that was not pretty, but, uh, Urson was not a net for that one. He's been fantastic. So, um, should get another start this weekend. Cause they have a back to back on Saturday, Sunday. Uh, and then lastly, Alex Nedeljkovic was sent down to the minors this week. They put him on waivers. He did not get claimed and he got sent down. He has been awful this year. Um, so Magnus Helberg, who's a guy that they picked up on waivers, I believe from Seattle. Uh, he was he was on Seattle twice this year. Uh, and then Ottawa. I, I believe Seattle put him on waivers, went to Ottawa. Ottawa put him on waivers. Seattle claimed him back. And now, uh, and then they put him on waivers again. And Detroit picked him up, and he's been, actually been playing. So and playing pretty well, not not amazing, but better than Nedeljkovic. It seems like that they, uh, I mean, obviously they trust Helberg more than Nedeljkovic right now. And Vili Huso has been struggling. Uh, he has an eight seventy seven since December tenth. Um, so actually, the exact same save percentage as as uh, Georgiev. Um, and uh, 
Derek Lalonde has actually there was there's an interview with him the other day and he admitted that he thinks that they've been overusing Huso. So that leads me to believe that either they w- did not trust Nadelkovich to go in and now they have Helberg and they're they're feeling like they need to be sharing the load a little bit more. Um yeah, I, I think that I think that uh Helberg is probably gonna get a few starts and he is I mean barely rostered at all. So um keep an eye out for Helberg for spot starts. That is wild that Lalonde admitted that he thinks they overused the yeah. only goalie that they really have had a the viability of starting. Like it's yeah. crazy to me that he would like verbalize that. Yeah. It's wild. But it's a, like they didn't really have a choice, right? Like Nedeljkovic was a non-option. Uh, he has been all season. So um yeah, so it, it seems like they they like what they have with Helberg right now, so keep an eye out for that. Hmm. Uh, um all right. That's it for Zero G check-in. Let's go to the mailbag. So we're going to start off with Zebra Dan this week. Uh, Zebra Dan says, not going to spoil how our matchup went, but let's just say it came down to the goalies. I will spoil it. I lost. Uh, Zebra Dan has a really good team. (laughs) I kind of figured when he didn't say. Yeah, he's he's first place, first place in that league and pretty much dominating everyone every week. Uh, it, It was a very close matchup. It came down to the final the final day day and a half uh but he he uh he caught up to me he he and passed me which was which was unfortunate but uh um yeah he says anyway anyways i'm back to rooting you uh rooting for you to get second can't be first because i have to disprove Roger's theory that the team with mcdavid can't win uh who is your biggest regret drop and who's you uh, who's your guy's most successful pickup across all your leagues? Do you, do you have anyone in mind there? Here, Binksy. Nobody that jumps out to me for yeah. for either one at the moment. I think um, I I'll take a look at that league because I I feel like I've I've had to do a lot of rearranging there. Uh, Sergey Bobrovsky right now has been pretty good for me. Um, He's been a he was a guy that I picked up in that league. Also a guy that I dropped in other leagues. So kind of a weird <laughs> kind of a weird paradox there. I, I think my I, I don't know. I can't think of any anyone that I regret dropping. I did pick up Vince Dunn um and Philip Peronic for free. So those guys are those are definitely guys that I'm I'm uh, have been producing at times this year. Um, Dunn is a little more hot lately. Heronic, not so much, but he was really good early in the season. Um, other than that, I, I can't really think of anyone that I regretted dropping. To be honest, I'm I'm pretty conservative in terms of in terms of that that type of thing. So I'm not making any aggressive aggressive drops and giving up on people too early. Um, and sometimes that's to my detriment. So <laughs> I definitely think. Uh... I'm in the same boat as you as far as drops go. There's no one that comes to mind that that is immediately or even long-term burned me. Um, yeah. I feel really good about ads um, early on with Buffalo. Uh, a couple of leagues where I added Cousins before the point-per-game stretch. Uh, yeah. I've been rostering Alex Tuck in in a couple of leagues in that same fashion, and uh, I feel especially good about those things, as you do when you when you pick on a saber and, and hit. Um I think the the biggest acquisition for me this season was trading for Adam Fox um, maybe 20, 25 games into the season. 
uh, in a deal that included uh, Brock Nelson and Jake DeBrusque. So solid players that have continued to play well, but didn't necessarily fit on my roster. And I was um, able to swing a deal for Adam Fox. That's awesome. That's a really good deal. Yeah, that's a great deal. Um, I I think, yeah, this league, I've had to juggle my defense because I went defense heavy in the draft. And uh, I, I, I believe I early got John Carlson, who's been hurt a lot of the year. Uh, Zach Wierenski, who is hurt for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seth Jones, who has struggled lately. He's been okay, but uh, I mean, Chicago's just been so bad. And uh, Tori Krug, who's been <laughs> hurt most of the year. It's just just a disaster on defense. So I've really had to juggle that around. So uh, a couple of nice pickups have, have definitely helped me out. That Vince Dunn, Philip Peronic there. So th- those are the, probably the guys that I would I would highlight. I have been in the exact same boat, um, highlighting defense early in the draft, um, uh, based on, on, you know, value above replacement at the position. And yeah. just like you, they are not a factor and or injured. They're just a different list of players. Mo Sider, um, Latang, Florensky. It's been exactly yeah. that for me as well. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah not not been a good year for defense i i I think uh um it's almost it's interesting uh the way that defense has gone this year and and like we both have talked we've we've talked about it a lot nate has as well that we've gone we went really defense heavy early in the draft in a lot of our points leagues um but there's been i I mean there's it's almost like a zero D situation. Uh, it's funny you of, say that because it's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah, because there's guys like Josh Morrissey who went at the bottom of the draft that are right at the top. Um, Kale McCarr hasn't been the top 10 pick that you would have hoped he would be. He's obviously still been great, right? Um, but he's not uh, not right at the top. Roman Yossi's had some regression this year, as some people expected. Um, Chris Letang has been hurt a lot. And Hedman just hasn't has produced been, uh, when he's been there. Yeah, it's been, been rough, hasn't man. been great. Yeah, it's been it's it's been uh, it's not been ideal. And then Eric Carlson is has been unbelievable. So it, it's uh, it's interesting. There's uh, it would be an interesting study to do in terms of in terms of the uh, going zero D in your draft strategy. You know, it's funny, including Morgan Riley having issues, and yeah, you know the smattering of of the the Calgary Florida trade and their defensemen. I, I can't think of a top 10 defenseman draft wise that you're like, you're truly happy with. Like, I guess Adam, you're, I you're think fine Adam with Fox. McCarr and Yossi, but, but yeah, I think Fox is, is the only one. Right? I think Fox is the guy. Yeah. I did get him in one league and, and I've been pretty happy with that because he's drafted right around where, where he should have been based on his production so far this year, in my opinion, but everyone else. Yeah, you're right. That top tier between injuries and just like, negative regression um just hasn't hasn't produced the way that you would have hoped so yeah it's interesting uh all right let's uh let's move on to googs or gugs uh our our scott lawton supporter uh (laughs) would you trade ekblad for for morgan riley i'm done with the panthers paul maurice is a hockey terrorist (laughs) i love that i do too Uh, (laughs) <laughs> I I like Paul Maurice as a person. He's a really good quote. I think he's hilarious in post game uh, press conferences. By the way, not sure if he got fined. 
uh, I know Sheldon Keefe, whenever he, he says even a whisper about the refs, he gets fined $25,000, but I didn't hear anything about Paul Maurice. And he, yeah, was, that was, he, that was interesting that, that he basically was like, this particular ref has an issue with me and that's why they screwed us. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like he was pretty cut and dry about, about, he feels like they got screwed last night. You know, and, I, uh, I only saw a little bit of that game last night and I didn't see the Panthers getting hoofed by the refs did you see that like no no uh well i i think the penalty differential was the leafs had seven power plays the panthers got three but it was just it was a disaster uh it I was just, just didn't, it was a i didn't see like read game i didn't see bad calls like i saw overactive refing in the minutes that i watched yeah but i didn't look at calls and go that wasn't a penalty or look at a penalty that wasn't called and go that was a penalty. Where's the call? You know, I like, think I, it was just I, a lot of whistles. Yeah, I think we're, there were some questionable calls. I, I just think it's weird when in the first two periods you call ten minor penalties, and then the third period you call zero. Like, do you think that there's actually no penalties happening? Like, no infractions happening in the third period? It's just like, oh, good job, you're doing great. <laughs> you fixed. You it. did great. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like, you guys have. <laughs> Like, there's no way that that's that's true, you know. You know, it's just like I the NHL is so weird, man. Like, I, I it drives me nuts the way that the way that officiating is, and it's not. I mean, officiating is bad. People have complaints in every league, um, for different reasons, but the NFL and the NBA, like, they're calling games the same way that they call them. Like in in the playoffs, they call the games the same way that they call them in the regular season. You could pretty much expect that. There's not a not a whole lot of variance. Yeah. But in the NHL, it's like, wow, no, not calling anything tonight. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's the weirdest, it's the weirdest shit. I don't I don't understand. Anyways, that's a complete aside. That's not even close to answering your question right now. Uh, I would be concerned about trying to acquire Morgan Riley, especially for a guy like Aaron Eckblad. Obviously, they're both underperforming, but Morgan Riley is not getting power play minutes. That's that's huge. Are they still um, sticking with the the five forward power play? Still the five forward power play, and they've been pretty good. Yes. So yeah, yes. Man. The bunting yeah, point per game is alive. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I and frankly, I like that five forward power play. They gave up I a it pretty seems ugly handed goal last night. Uh. But that was probably the first one where I was like, ooh. But it, this is the thing. Here's another thing, okay? This is another aside. And this is, this is a Leaf fan thing. The announcers are always like, oh, well, they gave up a goal. Uh, maybe they should consider putting a, putting a defenseman on the power play. And I, I'm like, so you're going to put Morgan Riley out there? Like, yeah. I well, would I mean, be- I guess with Sandine out. You know what? Where else are you gonna go? Right? Like, yeah, I know. It's, like it's not Giordano. Like, but I just mean like he's he's not a defensive stalwart. He's a he's bad defensively. Like he is he is really shocking. Um, and it's been it's been glaring since he's been back uh, from from his injury. But I would take Mitch Marner in a defensive situation over over Morgan Riley at this point. Honestly, like, it, anyways, that's another aside. But yeah, I would be concerned about. Uh, trying to acquire Riley and and paying that type of price for him. Uh, I haven't looked. I haven't really paid attention to Ekblad so much. Um, I am. 
looking at a season long comparison for them in race stats and Riley is winning pretty much all of these stats in terms of rates. Anyway, obviously he's missed some time uh, more, more than, than Ekblad. Um, One less shot per 60, zero shot percentage. (laughs) So uh, there's that a yeah. um, little uh, bit less than expected goal for. Yeah, he hasn't. Yeah, about, he hasn't scored a goal this year. When you're talking about what, what's that? Uh, I said a little bit less than an individual expected goal for for Riley than Ekblad, but uh, we're talking about 0.24 versus 0.33, so pretty negligible at that level. Yeah. Um, individual Corsi four about the same. Scoring chances for about the same. High danger. Yeah. High danger chances for almost identical. Like. The, the stats are pretty much the same um, with exception to shots, um, shot percentage, and penalties, which are going to Ekblad. Um, looking at the state of the team, of the two of them, I'm, I'm, I'm happier with Riley. I'm more concerned with kind of seemingly random injuries with Ekblad than I yeah. am with Riley. Um yeah, I don't know. I I think it's kind of a push, and you just go with the player that you like more, that you feel yeah. has better prospects. And that's kind of ironic uh, that that for you it's Ekblad and, and for me it's Riley, but um, I don't think you're going to get anything more out of either one of them. I think you get what you get. So I, I agree. It's almost I, – I think it's kind of a wash. That That's my gut feeling, um, and th- you kind of confirmed it there. Um Ekblad is getting consistent power play time. Riley is not. That's that's so, really the difference that I'm I'm looking at. And the Leafs power play has been converting. So right. without Riley um, for quite a while now, like the whole time that he was out, they were converting. And then since he's been back, they they're still converting, right? So um, that's that's kind of the way that I look at it. Um, is I think I, I I give the slight edge to Ekblad. So, but yeah, again, like I think it's pretty close to a wash, like you said. So yeah, whatever you feel like, if you if you feel like you would need a change, and uh, you feel better about Riley long term, then then you go for it. The real winner in this question is the phrase "Paul Maurice is a hockey terrorist." Yeah, that that is my favorite part. I definitely me. want that on a shirt. <laughs> uh, Reese's pieces. How long should we keep? Or I'm sorry, I'm going to start over. How long should we give to underperforming players like Reinhardt or Bennett that have good underlying stats but haven't put it quite, haven't put it together quite yet? That's tough, man. Florida, I mean, Florida, Florida, Florida is perplexing, and I've said yeah. this a number of times because they're not bad. They're really I watched, not. I watched a post game uh, last night or the night before uh, with Barkov where they literally asked him. Could you guys be playing better than you are right now, or is it just puck luck? And he yeah. looked at her like, "Yeah, it's puck luck." You know what I mean? Like we're yeah. playing fine, we're just not winning. You know, it's what just I mean? been, we're not. But it's been puck luck for months, more than half the season, right? Yeah. Like that's that's crazy. So yeah, I don't know. Like Sam Reinhardt, um, I think I'm more inclined to stick with him, just because. Uh, he has the higher ceiling, and he has had stretches of time where he's been really hot for longer this year. Um, obviously, I don't think he's going to get to the totals that you hope. 
Um, but I think he gets better deployment. Um, he plays on the power play. And I mean, yeah, when he, when he, when he runs hot, he's, he's very hot. So that's a guy that I think I give more, I have more patience with Sam Bennett, man. I'd be, I mean, I'm a Sam Bennett supporter, but it's really tough right now. I, I mean, and uh, he just simply isn't going to get the same deployment as, as Reinhardt. Um, like he could play as low as third line center, even with Duclair back. Right. So that's, that's a situation where, um, depending on your league settings, I think if you're in a straight points league, I, I'm probably moving off of Sam Bennett at this point. Um, but you definitely run the risk of him running hot. Cause he does that from time to time as well. I just feel, I feel better about Sam Reinhardt and I feel like I've paid more draft capital uh, to get Sam Reinhardt. Um, so he does have a little more leash, but yeah, there's been an, I've seen enough from him this year to be like, he's still the same guy and he's, he, and I'm willing to bank on that. Uh, I'm willing to bank on him running hot uh, when it counts. So that's, uh, I guess that's where I sit on those two guys. What do you think, buddy? I think given the two of those options, A or B, I think Reinhardt is the the clear keep between the two of them. Yeah. Um, to the center of the question, how long do you give underperforming players like them? I think that it's less league dependent and player dependent and more dependent on how much you need to win your week right now. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, it's in, in a nutshell, it's, it's those, uh, those playoff drops, right. The players you absolutely have to drop because you have to win that week. If you're in win now mode, then your, your range of drops, like I was talking about earlier in the show with Duchenne, it gets bigger. Right. So there are players that you don't necessarily dislike, but they just don't fit on your roster in that given week. And you've and you've got to uh, pull the trigger and, and shoot them dead. So I think it's entirely dependent on your team and where the spot you are in your league. Um, you know, I trust underlying stats. I also trust my gut instinct in that long-term outlook of the team in the rest of the season, right? So if I'm talking about Duchenne and, and the Predators, I don't think things are going to get better for them. I don't think he's going to break out in any discernible fashion. So I'm willing to drop him in this kind of scenario. But I do think the Panthers will get better. I think they will get better with Duclair coming back. I think they will get better with their puck luck. And sadly, I've been saying that for four to five weeks now. So yeah. I still, I still believe it. And as much as we are, you know, halfway through the, the fantasy hockey season, they're just barely through the NHL season, you know, halfway through. So there's a lot of time for the Panthers to, to turn it around. So Reese's pieces also asked, how will the power play line shake out in Ottawa with Norris back? So you uh, did a little bit of digging on this. So why don't you? Yeah. I mean, I'm especially personally interested. So I've been watching that game. Uh, obviously I'm not, not watching while we're talking, but maybe a little bit, maybe watching <laughs> a little bit, but uh, thus far tonight against Pittsburgh and they've had a ton of opportunity on the power play. The Penguins have been taking a crap load of penalties in this game. Power play one, um, the same story, Stutzla, Debrinket, Batherson, Chuck, and uh, Shabbat. Power play two, Norris, Giroux, Pinto, Sanderson, and Brassard. What was most noteworthy for me 
in that power play too is that when they got on it and they got on it rapid fire like straight out of the gate and continued to go out there on the power play the puck went between Giroux to Sanderson to Norris to shoot it they yep. would get it back Giroux mm-hmm. to Sanderson Norris to shoot it right yep. so um, the formula is there. If you're uh, a Norris roster and manager and you are wondering how that's going to play out, it doesn't seem like they're going to jump him up to the first power play. There's really not anywhere for him to go. And, and that first power play is what's successful for Ottawa. They yeah. have zero reason to change that. But he is the the player to shoot it on that second power play. And I think that's certainly a viable thing considering how successful they've been. Yeah, totally. I, I, I don't see, um, unless they go on a huge slump for a while in terms of their power play, I don't see Norris moving back up onto the top unit. Um, they have the sixth best power play in the league right now, which may surprise some people, but uh, that is, like you said, that's their strength. Um, <laughs> they don't have a lot of strengths, that team, So, uh, but the, their power play is one. But yeah, basically... Stutzla, I believe, has kind of moved into Josh Norris's spot mm-hmm. that he used to play on the top unit. Yeah, he's uh, got a stranglehold on it too. He scored on the power right. play tonight at least once from what and I then, saw. And then Debrinkit has taken Batherson's spot from last year and they've moved Batherson to the bumper. Then have Kachuk uh, net front and then Thomas Shabbat at the point. Uh, and that's worked extremely well for them. Tim Stutzla has arguably been their best player this year. Um, so I, I don't really see them moving that around too much. But like you said, that just means Norris is going to be their trigger man on that second power play. So um, And then with, with guys like Claude Giroux there to set him up, I mean, that's not, that's not a terrible situation. That's not that's a, a bad second that's unit. That's a pretty good tandem for a, for a power play two on a, on a very successful power play team. Yeah, they did, just may not get as much ice time. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I still think Norris will be a solid contributor. Um, just maybe not at the level that he was last year um, in terms of point pace, just because he had he so many of his goals came on the power play. So um, probably won't get as much power play ice time, at least for a little bit. Um, Fantoma asks Ross Colton, a viable stream, not a lot of minutes, but power play two and good numbers. Uh, I saw him on the nice chart referring to Mark's trade targets article. Very nice. I think you copy and pasted that, uh, his spot on that chart into I did indeed. This not my so, research, literal yeah, copy so, and paste. So why don't you, why don't, why don't we dive into that then? Uh, so this is a, a longer term format, right? Um, He's talking about last 81 games played, actual 81. Ross Colton at age 26 has uh, over one and a half goals per 60 at 1.64. Just over one expected goal per 60 at 1.12. These are the real standouts for me. Shots per 60, 9.39. And individual scoring chances, four per 60. And this is the stat that makes uh, Nate, what's the word I'm looking for that's PC? Uh, happy makes me happy. <laughs> yeah <laughs> at 10.32 right so um if and when you're in the discord with us you know this about nate nate is uh constantly looking for elite level players that haven't had the opportunity in ice time um in terms of individual scoring chances for per 60 and that benchmark and he is above it so yeah 
in recent times he has talked about Arthur Kaliev, and you see that bump when he gets those minutes, when he gets that opportunity, he is scoring. Um, the same thing for Wallstrom. He's talked on Sunday recently about how the Islanders just refuse to play their best players in bunches. Um, and uh, Oliver Wallstrom is, is testament to that. And the on on that short list of players who are darlings in that regard is always Ross Colton, right? Yeah. And um, when invariably people say, is he a better option than Sorelli? Is he a better option than Kaloran? Is he a better option than, you know, previous to this, maybe a month ago, Brandon Hagel? The option is, the answer is always not yet, no. right? It's not no, it's with this current line rollout that they're getting in these yeah. minutes, no. But when that changes, be the first one to jump on it. Yeah, this year he just hasn't gotten that opportunity higher in the lineup like we kind of hoped. Um, but Brandon Hagel has been great uh, on the top line, so I don't really see, I don't really see why they would want to to mix things up. Um, and then Sorelli's been been pretty good since he's been back. I yeah, I, I think uh, I think he is a valuable streamer in a deeper league. Um, but yeah, as long as his deployment is the way that it is. Uh, it doesn't really matter how good his rate stats are. I mean, that's rate stats don't. Unless, I mean, unless you're in a a, <laughs> a, a fan tracks league that counts rate stats, doesn't stats really. League. Unless they're getting the ice time, they're they're not going to be a huge factor on your team. So yeah, definitely a guy in a deep league that you could pick up, but not not a guy that I'd be picking up over other Tampa Bay players like Nick, even like Nick Pauls and 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 guys like that. So. Um, and then our last question is from the Mark Skinner, Binksy and Marky. Hutch. What's up, Mark? Uh, will Boldy get his craft together and start scoring again this year? I have him in a redraft points league and wondering if I should hold him or stream him out. Guy signs a seven-year deal, then only plays 1248 last night. What the sweet hell is that all about? Thanks again, as always, guys. So I, I took a look at this, and it looks like that last night's numbers and time on ice, I, I'm not sure what the situation was there, but it is a huge outlier for Matt Boldy. Um, he's typically getting quite a bit of ice time. Um, let me just take a quick look at, at his game log there. Uh, I mean, his average ice time on the season is 1740. Uh, and then like the few games before this 1248, he had 1616, 1711, 1634, 2456. 2025 so like it's not i don't think that that's something i mean that's not going to be a trend right um also worth mentioning um in his previous games he only had one shot um uh, one shot last night in the game that mark mentioned in the previous few games he had four shots four shots five four 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 um so it, i think this guy's just in a slump right now um he's really struggled to find consistency this year. This is his worst slump of the season. Um, so I can see, I understand why you're getting itchy. I roster him in a league too. Um, and I've been, he's another guy where I'm, I'm mulling over dropping or, or trying to trade him uh, at points. Uh, but I think, I think you hold on to Boldy. I think you hold on to him. He uh, is not going to move off of PP one. So he's going to have time with Kaprizov every single game. And like I said, I think that last night was a bit of an outlier for him. Yeah, I mean, it's purely consistency for me, right? Um, as I mentioned before, 
when I advocated him as a sell high, it's not that I don't think that Boldy has the skills and it's not that I don't think he's going to get the deployment on this team. It is that he is a young player who goes through extremely cold stretches. I think there is a huge future for him in the NHL and clearly the Minnesota wild do too. Right. So it's purely the inconsistency that, that, has swayed me from him. I really enjoy watching him. I don't really enjoy rostering him on my teams. So I'm right there with you in, in that it really hurts some weeks to have him rostered. And then sometimes you're like, I'm a genius. This is amazing. Yeah. So will he get his crap together? Yes. Will he yeah. start scoring again this year? Absolutely. You, you don't shoot five times per game, right? As a player that shoots what generally across the season shooting nine and a half percent. Right. So yeah. room for growth there with these cold stretches more, more likely to be a 13, 14% shooter than a yeah, seven absolutely. or even 0% shooter in these bad stretches. But you know, he's going to go cold on you again. Like yeah. that's, that's just the pattern that we've seen. And unfortunately the cold stretches are getting longer when they come back around each time so there's there's a lot to scratch your head at uh in a dynasty format in a keeper format that that allows for for that level of your roster to be kept he's absolutely a player that you want but in a redraft format it you know it all boils down to how bad do you need that week's win yeah absolutely i 100 percent agree with that that is all we have for today check out the apples and genos discord server shout outs to the band they're there for providing our music their spotify link is in the episode description give us a rating on spotify or apple podcasts follow us on twitter binksy is at binklemania nate is at apples genos blake is at blake creamer se and i'm at just josh and four one please practice safe stats and happy streaming have a good one folks good night world